I promise it's actually time for news, my fiance. I, I do promise it's. But uh, man, can't always have an intro. Can't always have the intro. I love the intro. I wonder why my intro's not. Why is my intro not introing? Who do we talk to? <sighs> intro police. I think I'm gonna. Are you the manager today, though? Like, no. I think I have to talk to you if I talk to a manager. Don't talk to me about it. Don't see me. It's not even. It ain't the the nothing's nothing's moving. Yeah. No plays. Yeah. Well, that's not cool. But you know what? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> 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 What's going on, y'all? DJ Ambush here. Morgan Jones. DJ Ambush is also Engineer Ambush today. And it's always, a, that double duty is always going to be tricky. It is. It's rough stuff. It is. It's hard to be the host and the engineer. Shout I'm, out Nebraska. Shout out Jason. Shout out Jason. They make our lives uh, so much easier and uh, possible to uh, just come in and be the cool people on microphones. It's very true. I'm so out of practice. I'm so out of practice. It is pretty nice to watch you uh, move the buttons and stuff and then ah, actually ah. do things that you want them to do. do it's, it's cool to watch me do the stuffs and the things. The things with the stuffs. Okay. Yeah, actually. Okay. Get it right. All right. I will say this. Uh, text us, friends. Because the difference of today is I'm going to read text messages. <laughs> so I'll be messing up all over the place. 971-220-5979. 971-220-5979. Be a part of the text fam. Is that what we came up with? I think it is. Oh, it was, was it text fam or text squad? Text, text squad? I don't think... That doesn't even sound a little bit familiar. So I think it was text fam. You know? Uh, you you guys tell us. What are you a part of? Yeah. <laughs> what have you joined? What have you joined? <laughs> uh, we, missed, we missed doing uh, the news last week. And there was big news to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we apologize for not being here. It was a uh, a rough personal week. Shout out to my parents. Yeah. And it was also just like a rough national week. You guys were all there for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So here, we're back. We're going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about stuff that happened last week. We're going to talk about stuff that happened now. Uh, so, you know, if you're tired of some of these stories, sorry, <laughs> we do care, but we also, uh, got to chat about a couple of things. So in national stories, we'll be talking about, uh, the Uvalde police and wildly, they're no longer cooperating with the investigation. Uh, and there is a new federal lawsuit that is targeting Derek Chauvin and the city of Minneapolis for, uh, a few things. Local stories. I'm sure that every single person listening to this right now knows about TEDx Portland. <laughs> Whoa. Doing a, a pop-up. <laughs> a pop-up independent candidate interview with Betsy Johnson. And uh, the epic backfire that that appears to have been. Uh, also, the new federal lawsuit filed against Portland police and the city of Portland for police actions during the 2020 protests. And if we get to it, we're going to talk about the uh, car thief that was targeting hundreds of cars and his girlfriend who was helping him that works at the DMV. Son. Also, 
as almost always, at 8.45, our great friend and news editor of the Portland Mercury, Alex Zelensky, will be joining us to talk about new season's workers unionizing efforts and uh, the pushback that they've received from management. Shocking. Wait a minute. I thought I had something. <laughs> Continue. Well, that was that was it. Oh, that was it. <laughs> There's my intro. Man. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> oh. Wow. The show started. Way okay. to make it happen, Captain. I feel a little bit better. Huh? I feel, I feel a lot a bit better. See those shoulders come down? You gotta have that intro, GD. You know, release it a little bit. Oh man. Do it like a little front rotation. You know, and then and then take it to the back. And while you're doing that, we got one text already. Great morning, beautiful people. I don't know who said it, but great morning back to you. (laughs) Great morning, everybody. Shout out, uh, Crystal. Yes. Shout out, Rudo. Shout out, Malcolm. What up, homies? Yeah. Shout out to our uh, real uh, personal great friend, Britton. Yes. Who is home uh, sleeping, hopefully. 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 This uh, Rona's out here running rampant. Yeah, no. You know, if you are feeling symptoms, we cannot stress it any greater. Please be at the crib. Just chill out. Stay home. Don't just be at the crib. Like, don't be around anybody. Yeah. If you can. That if you part. can. I know that that's not always possible. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to, uh, we're, we weren't going to talk about this, but it just reminded me of something uh, that I read yesterday, mm-hmm. which was. A woman ordered food from Grubhub, I think. Yes. And tipped 26% for the delivery driver. Nice. And the delivery driver dropped her food off in the middle of her driveway and sent a message that said, tip your drivers more next time. Smiley face. 26% though? 26% on like some McDonald's or something. Like it was, it was just a fast food situation. This person who ordered the food happened to be disabled, happened to use a wheelchair in these moments while they are going through chemo. And that's a, a safety concern I had never thought about uh, because uh, I, I am not in a wheelchair. She said, uh, you can't like, I don't want to put that on my delivery instructions because that's a safety hazard right. to say, you know, should first of all, Grubhub of all of the places, they apparently get to see their tip before they take the right take the the job the job. Don't take it if that's who you are, right? Twenty six percent though. But I think that like so at that that made me that made me wonder what the uh, actual etiquette for a delivery driver tip is. So I looked into it yesterday because that's who I am, mm-hmm. and you know. It's all over the place. It's like 10 to 15 is a good start. 20% is great. Right. Uh, And different if you are, uh, it was kind of like 20% or at least five, whatever's more, because it should at least be five, unless you are getting like fast food. And then Mm. maybe it's a three to $5, you know, three, four bucks in there. But the fact, (laughs) the fact that you would leave the food purposely, where I have to, you know, go find it. Right. Outside on the ground? First nah. Off, I mean, 
anyone that knows me personally knows I despise picking up my food off the ground. Why, Why are we, you putting the food on the ground, fam? We have fam? a table on the patio. There's a table there. There's a table, and in the instructions, it's like, please leave on the table and not on the ground. <laughs> we'll deliver a whole pizza and, and put, put it, it on, on the ground. <laughs> the Nigerian in me is like, who is this food for? <laughs> who have you prepared this for? Who, who's, who have you delivered these items to? Uh, this, this could not possibly be the food that I paid you for. That you would put my food on the floor. Right. And expect me to now put it in my mouth. Nah. But, you know, hey. And you know what? I don't remember <laughs> food being on the floor pre-pandemic. I mean, honestly, I don't. I could be wrong. I just don't remember. We didn't order a lot of food pre-pandemic. So. Facts have been made. Yeah. That was Facts definitely a come home, make dinner, move forward about the night. And then I just quit making dinner altogether. I'm just going to put my put my business out in the street. It became a thing that I couldn't do. It was a hindrance to my life. Oh, wow. That I'm, is a hindrance to your life. I'm not joking. <laughs> it, it did. Fair enough. More texts. More texts. That extended cold open. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, is, who is that, Ruda? Who is, who is out here? Oh man, that was an extended cold open. Uh, <laughs> what is monkeypox? We, I mean, we could tell you. That was another text. That's another text, and another one from Rudo. Morning, morning, fam. Welcome back. Uh, thanks, Rudo. Man. We're about to tell everybody what monkeypox is. We, Are we? we? I mean, should we not? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't have my medical, so I have an episode tomorrow, which I'm talking to a doctor about monkeypox. Oh, you haven't done it yet? No. Okay, never mind. We're yeah. not going to tell you anything. Yeah. Except for one, this is uh this is the kind of thing for me that's like mm. you can't you can't actually hide from this one. Nah. It's not invisible the way that uh the Rona can be. Yeah. Also, do know that monkeypox is not new. It is just traveling. <laughs> uh it has been in Africa I don't know about for how long, but uh-huh. a while. This isn't a new new thing. But it is new to uh, be traveling about the globe. Yeah. And it appears to be the new the new portion of it is that it is being transmitted from people to people in a quicker way than before. Yeah. Is my understanding. The, I, so that part, I'm, I'm pretty clear on. It is a lot more contagious now than it was before. Um, I think that has something to do with the viral load. I'm not sure. I could be I'll be completely corrected uh, tomorrow once I talk to that to the doctor. Um, so right now I'm speaking with my Instagram medical degree. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But this is um, surfaces, touch to touch, like contact transmission. Um, this isn't something where you can breathe on someone and they can get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did get that information at least. Um, right now I believe there are two cases in California and two cases in Washington, which means we're right there in the middle. It's around the corner. Which means it's here. And yeah. they just don't know it yet. Right, 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 right. But yes, I will have more information on that once I do that interview. But loving the uh, interaction so far. Thank you guys so much. This, If anyone just joined, this is news with my fiance. Be a part of the show. She was to text at 971-220-5979. Join the text squad. It's text. We really got to figure this out. <laughs> Squad or fam? We got we got a text from the squad or fam. Okay. Flying monkeypox originated in Oz, I heard. 
Which it did. <laughs> which it absolutely did. I remember uh, my aunt taking us to see uh, The Wizard of Oz in the movie theater, and I was a tiny tot, and those flying monkeys got me, and I was like, take me home right now. They're horrifying. Right now. I will wait outside. Not going to do it. I will not sit here and be subjected to this. They're scarier than the witch. But way scarier. Yeah. Way scarier. Yeah. So wait, before we move forward, I just want to say that the, about monkeypox being visible, mm-hmm. like you're you're getting blisters. Oh yeah, and you're getting them on your face. You're getting them on your hands, uh, feet, all the things, and uh, yeah, you can't. You're not going to be able to be like, uh, oh no, I'm fine. I'll just come into work. <laughs> no, you will not. I need my haircut, so I'm just going to go get my haircut. Yeah. That's not happening. And the way that, um, you know, folks have decided to treat these uh, communicable diseases, there might be, we might see a lot. We might see a lot go down. I anticipate it. (laughs) I hope not. But we already know. After two and a half or however long it's been, 17 years. Year 35. Year 35. it's, uh, It's rough stuff. We know. Can't wear that face diaper for much longer. Yeah. Running from the jab. I don't want the Fauci out. <laughs> no Fauci outies around here. <laughs> Terrible. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump into some national news. Uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety has been conducting a probe into the tragic shooting at Robb Elementary School, including an investigation of local police's response, or lack thereof. Now the Uvalde Police Department and an independent school district for police force have stopped cooperating with the DPS investigation. Sources close to the matter say the decision to stop cooperating was made following comments from the director of DPS, uh, Colonel uh, Steve McGraw, who said it was, quote, the wrong decision to delay police entry into the classroom where the shooter had barricaded himself. A DPS spokesperson has confirmed that the chief of the Uvalde School District Police has not responded to a request for a follow-up interview made two days ago. The Uvalde Police have received nationwide backlash for what many say was a failure to intervene in one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. Hmm. I want to just publicly apologize to you for messing up the uh, doc while you were reading it just now. You guys, there's this thing I do, and I don't mean to do it, but I highlight as Ambush is reading. It's a, I don't know why. I have no reason. I don't know. He has told me, please don't do this. It messes me up while I'm reading. And I didn't even realize I was doing it just now. Until I realized I was doing it. And I'm so sorry. Thank you. Uh, second, let's get into it. Let's get after it. Because, uh, friends, we didn't get to talk about this. And, you know, nobody loves to talk about a uh, mass murder. But what I do love to talk about is police failures. Yeah. Yeah. What I love to point out is police failures. And if we know, uh, <laughs> we've learned that the police will lie directly to us. They will lie directly to the press. They will, uh, you know. I'm going to have to, if you tell me the sky is blue, officer, I'm going to have to take a peek. Because I don't know if that's true or not. Right. Right. Uh, There were so many different things. There were so many moments that uh, 
<sighs> we're just lies, flat out okay. lies. When I'm you were sorry. saying so many different things, I was like, is she referring to the different accounts? Because we got so many conflicting stories from them. Well, and there were so many different conflicting stories uh, out there from, you know, the internet because when you don't know a person's reasoning for doing what they've done, um, but you know you don't want it to be about anything you're about <laughs> and you want them to be a boogeyman, <laughs> right? you will start spreading things about, you know, to get people to pay attention to other things. So, you know, the the rumors was the shooter was trans, which is uh, not true. Like and uh, you know, goes to that narrative that trans folks are violent and LOL and also stop doing dangerous things and saying flat out lies. Right. <laughs> uh, also saying he was undocumented that, uh, which is funny to me because it was like, he's undocumented, but also a DACA recipient. <laughs> but this is a person uh, who that none of that is true and was born in America and has lived in Texas. So this is the you know, his actions were uh, as American as they come. <laughs> yeah, pretty American. Also, they tried to throw blame on one of the teachers, saying the teacher left the door open. Teacher left the door open. Uh, the police ran right in. The police uh, detained and roughed up parents instead of going in. While, while standing there with the big old long guns that are taller than the parents. <laughs> well, there were a couple officers that went in. Apparently, to retreat family members. Listen, you know, I mean, so there were some brave officers that went in. What we not gonna do? <laughs> and then here we are, back to the thoughts and prayers, back to blaming, uh, you know, rap music and video games. Yep. Wasting all of our time debating stricter gun control versus uh, focusing on mental health when we know that none of it's gonna get done. And I also, <laughs> we're gonna have to get real serious about mental health at some point, right? It's not going to be the Republicans who all of a sudden decide to fund something like that because they do not see the value in it. No, not at all. What they see the value in is taking the scent off of gun control. Yeah. yeah. Big gun. NRA. Big gun energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it just feels icky when they say it. Oh, no, it's we real gotta, icky. We really have to focus on mental health. What are you talking about? Tell me more about what you've done since, you know, let's, let's just talk about uh, from Columbine. Right. This is, this is one of those moments that's very reminiscent because the police waited too long to act there, too. You know what, though? I want to put this all on the Republicans. Oh, it's not. Because at least they're saying, they're saying something. They're coming up with a scapegoat, right? The Dems... They've been here since Columbine. What's what's been happening? Well, I'll say this: you're not wrong. Okay. Also, somehow, some way, mm -hmm. gun control has become the, the you know one of those issues that if you are a conservative, you have to be a, a staunch Second Amendment. You know, uh, I don't know purist. I don't know where all my mm -hmm. words are this morning. Apologies in advance. Um, however, there's like this gross misunderstanding of what any of the, you know, uh, rights that we have are. <laughs> right. Your right to bear arms 
written one gabillion years ago was about a musket and was not about exactly semi or auto or bump stocks or any of the because i'm not about to argue with nobody about what kind of gun is what right i'm not about to do it uh but it wasn't that right it wasn't that was that was not what your uh what your forefathers had in mind they did not have the imagination to even know and here you are wanting to have a bazooka on your shoulder right talking about the right to bear arms not even a little bit so the I will just say ambush that they have never had, uh, you know, consensus mm-hmm. on how to handle that. And when certain people are making certain money from certain <laughs> interests, mm-hmm. you might back off of that a little bit. And I think that that is happening, you know, in more than one place. Oh, yeah. And that's the only way that we can be sitting in this uh, same purgatory of thoughts and prayers one one group of people saying we must do something. One group of people saying you're right, we must, but it's not the thing you're talking about. Right. And we just we just we just can't. <laughs> we just can't. It's it's kind of disturbing how um, thoughts and prayers has become the expected response to the point that it's a joke. And they're aware that it's a joke, but they're still using it. Like there's there's been no no push or urge to even change the messaging or just actually do something and deliver on the type of, you know, policy change and advancement that society, that society needs. I, I don't know what's happened here. Nor do I. I don't know where that came from. I mean, I kind of like it. <laughs> it was sounding like maybe we hadn't. <laughs> oh, I know what that was. That was the x-ray jingle. Ambush just over here pushing buttons on accident. You interrupted yourself. I just want to write that down. Everybody noticed it wasn't me this time. No, it just wasn't me. You know, it's usually me (laughs) interrupting a really good point. And it wasn't me this time. I'll give you that. Thanks. I'll give you that. One of the things uh, that really upsets me is is what you're talking about. This inaction, Mm -hmm. right? That nothing has really changed. Or change significantly enough. Like we're still talking about things like background checks and red flag laws when I'm still taking my shoes off at the airport. Right. I'm still getting full body scans and pat downs. They always have to touch my hair. What's back there? A bobby pin, maybe? (laughs) It doesn't matter if my hair is in braids, if it's just down, if it's straight, if it's in a ponytail. Somebody found something. Right. And we've done been doing that for years and years and years and years and years. And when people are like, guns don't kill people, right? People kill people. You can't shoot someone if you and kill them if you don't have access to a gun. That sounds pretty radical, but It's not like we took the planes away, right? (laughs) I guess my point is we didn't take planes away, but we made it harder to make it, the actual plane, something that you could uh, hijack and then weaponize. Mm -hmm. We made it harder to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mitigate the harm. And nah, why? Why would we do that? That somehow would uh, absolutely like, Make too much sense. It's quite ridiculous. Quite. Also, you're listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland. 
at 107.1 and 91.1 FM. Streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. We got a couple more texts. Uh, can we talk about how the only consensus it seems possible to get on violence prevention is giving police more power over mm. mentally ill folks who are hugely more likely to be victims than perpetrators? Hello. When McConnell blames their root cause on mental health, he wants to move back to more ins- institutionalization, not providing people with care or more safety. Talk to them. Agreed. They are talking carceral mental health, right? Lock you up, throw away the key, get out of my face. Period. Absolutely right. Uh, And hearing, honestly, hearing people say, like, you should have to take your gun to the police and then the police will, like, hand out your gun to you or something when you need it. Friends, do we not... Do we not know of the systemic injustices and inequalities that are happening, inequalities that are happening in this country forever and always in the air that we breathe? Do we not honestly think that that will play out in the ability for people to get guns and then to have them at their disposal? Because what uh, what that whole scenario of adding more uh, police power into that equation sounds like to me is a lot of white supremacists getting guns. And everybody else not. Yeah, pretty much. And that's not what I'm looking for. I'm also not looking for people who are actually ment- mentally ill and who are actually going to, uh, like like the text said, be more uh, likely, to be, likely to be a victim. I don't want them. Uh, I don't want to see anybody institutionalized. And taken out of their own lives. <laughs> So that a Mitch McConnell can feel better about still supporting the NRA. Also, Greg Abbott. (laughs) Greg Abbott made one good decision this last weekend, and that was to not do the NRA convention in person. He did send a video. But imagine you got former uh, uh, President Dump Truck out there dancing around. Also, mispronouncing all the names of the people that were the, the, those poor babies that were murdered. Yeah. Making a mockery terrible. of the whole situation. Like things I can't get behind. <laughs> Just a complete and total mess. Yeah. And the police out here just uh, making things up and then having to come back and retract and oh, well, no, I guess that door wasn't left open. And I guess those officers didn't go in immediately. And you're mad that someone said it was the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision. The wrong decision was swearing in that police chief to city council. Ooh, ooh, after. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I should have been up for review, to say the least. Just a thought. Yeah. The mayor, like, there's just so much. There's just so, so much. How are you going to be uh, a part of city council and a part of the police and then quit cooperating with the investigation? I mean, don't. I mean, you're, you're literally watching a person join city council while completely openly expressing 
that they will not be held accountable. <laughs> like they're you're escaping accountability to jump into your new position. That's not someone you want to see counsel. Not at all. Also, them good guys with guns uh stood oh, there and boy. detained parents and um pinned them down and tased them and uh handcuffed parents that were completely stuck. <laughs> right. We can't. Who wants that? You cannot tell me. I don't care how much people don't like the slogan defund the police. You need to um, grow up because defund means give that money elsewhere. These police aren't doing their jobs. Why do you want to keep giving them more money? Yeah. So that they can buy a tank that they ain't going to use. Honestly, like in that particular situation. Explain to me how giving the police more funds would have been helpful. Well, they would have had more bazookas, Uh, you know? Okay. I guess that they could rocket launchers that they could, you know, the police got people killed that day. Yeah. The police do not stop crime. They barely solve a thing. Like they deserve more money. No. And if you're going to talk about mental health, then you're going to have to talk about funding it. And where are you going to get that money from? Right. Wow. We just got a text. Um, I heard yesterday that the community is wanting to tear down the school building because not a single student is willing to go back. That's heartbreaking. That's That's reality right there. I've always I always think about, you know, how could you go back in there? Like with the Buffalo uh, shooting, we were talking about how do you go back to work? Like you just go, you just go back to the grocery right. store. As a store associate, how do you go back to that? You just go back. No, like that's this is trauma on trauma on trauma, and every time you in there, there is something that can trigger. Like we're creating mentally uh, ill people. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. It's, just, it's yeah. the American way. We're harming people. Absolutely, we're harming people, and then we're saying go back to work because I I'm surely not going to make sure that you can pay your rent while you're sitting on your butt. Doesn't really matter what happened to you. Doesn't matter if we don't keep you safe. I, if I were a student, I don't know how you, you know, I don't know, you would have to force me to go back. And these are babies. These are elementary kids. So, you know, a lot of parents do a lot of things like do as I say. <laughs> yeah. And so I hope, I hope they do whatever they need to do to make those children feel safe. Yeah. If that means they never go back to that building, that means they never go back to that building. Turn that into something else. Please. Get it out of there. Get it out of there. We got a text while we were uh, jamming on the music break. Mm -hmm. Also just very disturbing that it was Border Patrol who eventually went rogue and went in to kill the shooter. Like, the fact that they are the ones prepared to take action and not the ones supposed to serve and protect. Priorities. I never Mm -hmm. want Border Patrol to be able to kill people. Yeah. I, like, I, I, that's that's not what you're here for. You certainly shouldn't be the ones that are like, I'm the bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. What you're going to do and I'll run breach. it. I'll breach. I'll breach. Yeah. Guys you guys aren't doing it. Just a, I don't know. What up, Malcolm? Just got a text from Malcolm. Hey. Good morning, y'all. There's a federal grant process that provides financial assistance for tearing down and rebuilding schools post shootings. Get out of here. It's sad that the only plan for dealing with this is the aftermath. 
I was about to wow. say some curse words. That is, everybody write that down. All we're prepared to do is deal with the the aftermath. That's it. I did not know about that. Thank you for teaching us something, Malcolm. That's very interesting that there's a federal grant in place for that specifically. Just money waiting because this happens too often. Yeah. There have been multiple mass shootings since this one. Yep. Yep. There was a shooting yesterday in Tulsa. Uh, I think it was Tulsa. Yeah. At a hospital. Mm-hmm. People are, um, the violence is ramping up. And we have talked about violence and why that happens. And we have, uh, in, in many, many different ways. But we're in a, we're in a, a, a bad way. Because we don't take seriously the things we need to. We pay lip service to it. And then you know, create boogeymen to really uh, spend our time on. Yep. And here you have, you know, someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene saying we're being too mean to white supremacists. And we got to really, you know, pull it back. <laughs> I am so. I know that, uh, like, it's super low hanging fruit to make fun of her when she gets words wrong. But like peach tree dish is one of my favorite things. Ever. <laughs> Cause that's like one of those, like you just, she's always called it that, you know what I'm saying? And like nobody corrects her. <laughs> and she's just been saying peach tree dish because that's what she thinks it is <laughs> because science is not for her, you know? I mean, anyone that's curious about what we're talking about, go ahead. Please take a look on the interwebs. Uh, Marjorie has uh, taken the time to inform her followers, her base, about the latest threat, um, which is replacing real cheeseburgers and real (laughs) meat. Real meat with fake meat from Bill Gates. Well, it's his it's it's his agenda. Yeah. And if you eat a cheeseburger, they'll be able to zap you on the inside of your body. The government that she's a part of. <laughs> that's, that's how the tech works. It's also like it was a guess, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to try and while we're talking about this, just get the quote, because it was like they're probably doing yeah. this. And, and it's what like they're going to want to do and probably and they're going to it's like it's like, fam, do you work there or no? <laughs> The government is going to provide once the government wants to provide surveillance. I was like, what are you talking about? She wants to be Alex Jones so bad. Uh, so, yeah, quote, they want to know if you're eating a cheeseburger, which is a very which is very bad because Bill Gates wants you to eat his fake meat, which grows in a peach tree dish. So you'll probably get a little zap inside your body that's saying, no, no, don't eat a real cheeseburger. You need to eat the fake burger. The fake meat from Bill Gates. They probably also don't want you to probably also want you to know when you go to the bathroom and if your bowel movements are on time or consistent. Yes, I am certain that the uh, United States government cares anything about your bowel movements and the consistency of it. Talk about utter nonsense. Just waste my time all 2022. Mm. If you want it, like she really... She really just wants to be, um, you know, a YouTube commentator. Like this is that's that's where she wants to live. Go do that. Live your truth, boo. 
Yeah, I, I am. I am curious about the motivations there. I mean, sure, it could be something as simple as that, but you could do that without being in government. Well, but also just being a spoiler, right? Like being someone who, who is, she blocks whatever. A, right. Uh, not her personally on her own, but her being there and being a vote against any sort of progress is helpful to their agenda. Yeah. So I understand why she's there, but it's but that that's the extent of it. No, you no, know, like I, she she doesn't she's not looking to do any governing. She's not looking okay. to to like she she doesn't want to do that. Because that's that that's I guess that's where I was going. Like we get why she's there. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what her actual reason for being there is because the things that she's done has kind of she's kind of played herself out of position in so many different ways that she's not as effective as she could be in being the mess that she wants to be. Right. So it's like if you want to be up here and you want to shake things up and you want to be a rabble rouser, rouser. Don't you need to be? Yeah. Don't you need to be on a committee? (laughs) What are you you doing? I mean, but she also gets to just be a, a, a little loud, you know bullhorn yeah for white supremacy and so that's super fun (laughs) that's that is her job and we have to keep like saying that to ourselves because ambush and i are often like just do your job i thought like this is what you wanted to do you did all that you took all the time and spent you know got people to buy in uh for your campaign and you got elected why would you go through all of that if you don't really want to be an elected official and do the governing and do the legislating? Why would you do that? Oh, yeah, because they're just spoilers. They're just there to be in the way. Just do your job, bro. And continue. Like, if your job is to continue to uphold and spread and highlight white supremacy, white supremacy and white supremacist values, mm-hmm. she's crushing her job. Like, she's out here getting to the money. She also is still the Republicans' number one fundraiser right now, so Which we is just we wild. see we see where it is. <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> so we weren't supposed to just keep going, but uh, it, with that, so I'm going to hop into the uh, Derek Chauvin. Yeah. Yeah, another name we're tired of. Let's go. Two Minnesotans have filed federal lawsuits. Federal civil rights lawsuits against the city of Minneapolis and Derek Chauvin, the former police officer who killed George Floyd. The two plaintiffs say that Chauvin used the same technique of kneeling on their necks as he did when he killed Floyd, traumatizing them and putting their lives at risk. Chauvin is serving a 22 and a half year sentence for the murder of Floyd. Both incidents occurred in 2017. John Pope Jr. was only 14 years old when Chauvin pinned him on the ground in response to a domestic assault report. Zoya Code experienced the same excessive force after she allegedly tried to strangle her mother. Criminal charges against both plaintiffs were eventually dropped, and they are now claiming that Chauvin's use of force were acts of racism. They also say that the city knew about Chauvin's misconduct, but let him stay on the job. Mm. Interim city attorney Peter Ginder made a statement saying, quote, We intend to move forward in negotiations with the plaintiffs on these two matters and hope we can reach a reasonable settlement. Both Pope and Code are represented by Robert Bennett, who negotiated multi-million dollar settlements for the families of Justine DeMond and Philando Castile, who were both fatally shot by Minnesota police in 2017 and 2016, respectively. Someone said the other day, Ambush, why, why would you sue? Why is it always about money 
And I will say this. Who is it's, this someone? It's the only thing. It's the only thing that we as people have as a recourse. Point, right? the, point, the, point me in their direction. <laughs> Who's this someone? I'm aghast. Whom's dare ask why, why is it always about money? Why isn't it? It's the, when, what, when is it not about money? When is it not about power? When is it not about race? Right? They want more money. When they get sued, it's not their money. And also, when they get sued, it's not their money that they pay those. It's our money. <laughs> it's taxpayer dollars that pay those settlements. That's That, for me, is a number one. You're not going to take away qualified immunity. You're not going to work on these things. Fine. Make them pay for their own settlements. Right. Make them pay for every single, uh, you know, misconduct thing that comes in. That's on y'all. That comes out of your budget. And you don't get more budget to deal with more of those right. next year because you exploded your budget by uh, by hurting people. Wait, is that? Wait, I'm sure we talked about this before, but I don't know why. Something in the way you just framed it is like, yeah, we need our budgets increased for lawsuits. Yeah, because that's what would happen. That's exactly what would happen. It'd be like, whoa, we had we had to pay out a lot of money in lawsuits last year. We're going to have to up this budget. No, no, no. You're going to have to stop uh, beating people. You're going to have to stop kneeling on necks. You're going to have to stop false arresting. You're going to have to stop some of your corruption. And their response is, no, we don't. Just give us more money for lawsuits. Yeah, so we, we can just we just want to be able to pay these people to get them go away. With your money. Imagine those charges, though. Domestic violence charges for a 14-year-old and uh, allegedly strangling your mom. And, and everything gets dropped. Everything gets dropped. Hmm? What happens to those lives, right? Like, you could have killed a kid over uh, absolutely nothing. And he would have went home and had his hungry man dinner. Yeah. Oh, easily. You know, no prob. No probs at all. And no. the city did know. Derek Chauvin had lots and lots and lots of complaints because he was out here being RoboCop. <sighs> he was out here being a terrorist. So, yeah, the city knew. And it's about money because it's the only thing that, that power responds to. Yep. 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 Also, did you just make it so that I can't work? <laughs> Am I traumatized so much that uh, I'm terrified to do anything where police are going to be potentially around me? Right. That's just scared to be outside. You owe me. Because you have no reason to terrorize people in that regard. Right. I read a, a Twitter thread the other day that was uh, this guy like, I was a cop for 10 days. I quit. And oh, yeah. here's why. And the summation of it <clears throat> was basically like, on day one, they did this. On day two, you know, it went that route. And he was like, they teach you violence off top. They teach you to do the violence off top. Mm -hmm. Then they teach you to make sure that you protect every cop and their family. So if there is, you know, a situation where a cop's family member is in uh, questionable scenarios, you, as the officer, better find a way to make that go away. Thin blue line. So from the jump, they're like, hey, it's it's us against them. And if anything escalates, you escalate with more violence. This particular person was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. 
this does not, this isn't going to work. And it just went from there and there and, you know, kept unraveling. <laughs> they were like, and I'm out. And yeah, went and turned in, badge, gun, here, can't do it. Said that, you know, that immediate uh, officer, sergeant, that he turned everything into and explained his situation was uh, understanding and was like, got it, solid, that does make sense. And then there were other, you know, sergeants and uh, other officers that were like, we're going to make we're going to make your life a living hell. Good riddance. Yeah. Kick rocks, bro. Yeah. Get up out of here. You're not our kind anyway. So uh, just a nice reminder of the bad apple narrative. Good cops don't exist because they can't in that system. In order to be a good cop. You have to tell on your brethren. And now you're a bad one. And now you're a bad cop to them. And now you may not get the backup. You may, uh, you know, they may leave you, hang you out to dry. Yeah. Yeah. So they force you out. Much like, you know, you've had a friend or maybe you have been uh, pushed out of a position. Because someone didn't want you there and they didn't want you to, uh, they didn't want to fire you. Mm -hmm. They wanted you to quit. Mm -hmm. That's real. And it's happening all the time over there. Amber. Right. So last week, unaffiliated candidate for Oregon Governor Betsy Johnson made an unscheduled appearance at TEDx Portland, sparking major controversy. Not only are nonprofits such as TEDx not supposed to provide platforms for political candidates, but this particular candidate offended many in the crowd. Johnson has been outspoken has been an outspoken critic of gun control and said in her TEDx presentation that quote, the style of the gun does not dictate lethality <laughs> now seven attendants of the tedx talk have filed complaints with the oregon department of, department of justice some specifically cited the irs tax code that prohibits 501c3 organizations from providing the type of platform that tedx provided johnson tedx released a statement apologizing for johnson's appearance but in its apology referred to johnson as quote a potential candidate <laughs> when her candidacy <laughs> had been announced last October. Johnson, for her part, was proud of her appearance, despite many critics saying, quote, forcing your views on others destroys trust in any sense of community. That's pretty <laughs> ironic. You're literally describing what you did, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take a captive audience and force my views on them and uh, tell them to be quiet when they ask us questions that I didn't want to answer. Uh, what I didn't expect from a 10th anniversary, you know, celebration of audacious ideas is a campaign ad. <sighs> a campaign ad. And, you know, here I am wondering how in the world and why in the world, how did she get to be the one? That was a part of the pop-up shop. <laughs> the political pop-up shop. The political pop-up shop. And I'm just going to give my guess. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the world. But the U of O is TEDx Portland's biggest sponsor. Go on. And Nike is U of O's biggest sponsor. <laughs> Go on. And Phil Knight has given Betsy a, a $1 million. <laughs> So yeah. my guess is y'all hearing them dots connecting your brain thing. My guess is that that had a little something to do with how she got on that stage. 
and was being praised by the uh, the head of TEDx Portland. And and telling the crowd while having like it, it, seriously, while saying things like forcing your views on others destroys trust and any sense of community. Saying that was while simultaneously telling people in the audience who are asking, ask her about the gun control. Ask her about her thoughts on guns. We're, quote, we're not here to do that. <laughs> what are we here to do, David? What are we here to do, David? You don't get to, you don't get to take a captive audience and force what that, that kind of interview on folks and then be like, yeah, we're not here to talk about the things you care about. And I just really want to know what they thought was going to happen. Nobody wants her around. You're at the wrong crowd, fam. I mean... She is actually dangerous to human life. Shortly after the shootings we just had, she's pro-gun as a top rating with the NRA. She's anti-queer. How is this, how is this your crowd? Fam. It, you can be pro-gun. She is more than pro-gun. She is, you should be able to have an automatic weapon pro-gun. It's for her to sit on a stage after two, two humongously massive uh, mass murders in 10 days, for her to say that, uh, you know, the kind of gun does not in any way dictate the lethality. You are lying. Yeah. You are lying. You got on a stage to sit there and lie? I I I guess I'm more <sighs> Betsy going Betsy. <laughs> sure. I, I'm more disturbed about the organization creating that platform for her. Talk to him, Ambush. Um under the guise of what TEDx has been representing and, and you know, for all this time. Uh, I definitely would not expect that anyone within that organization outwardly would align with uh some of the things the way that she does but the fact that and you already laid out the allegiances you already laid out you know uh you connected those dots for anyone that does not understand why this did happen um this is a bold statement this was a bold move they kept it under wraps they knew they were doing this for three weeks i uh was in the presence of david uh during an interview with one of our uh podcast hosts down at the Dome during the Black Podcast Festival. And I'm just thinking back to myself, in that moment, he knew he was going to put Betsy Johnson on stage. Bruh. Um, so here we are. He understands who his audience is completely. That's why it was a surprise. He understood the audacity is presenting her. The audacity is knowing who your audience is and feeling like, I'm going to do this anyway. This is no different than the way our politicians treat us. Zero difference. The people are yelling at us. They're telling us what they want. But I'm going to do what the corporate interests tell me to do. Nah. (laughs) And I I feel bad for all of the people that want to present that did not know this was happening. Um, It's completely overshadowed. Many of the speakers that I was excited to see and excited to hear about, like I haven't viewed any of the footage of any of the speakers that I was excited to watch. And I guess at some point I definitely will. 
um because there will be some inspiring words but yeah this is kind of it's like i don't even want to give tedx those views like this is just it's completely uh damaged the brand for me but it's provided clarity (laughs) for who they actually are yeah also way to put people uh who were Mm -hmm. who have worked very hard who have done a lot to become panelists to become uh speakers Mm -hmm. and who felt that that was you know an honor to be a part of the 10th anniversary mm-hmm. um way to put them in a real messed up predicament because i don't know how i would have reacted had i been someone talking at that uh event and found out that she was gonna do a a, a swing through right. interview i as i just i don't know how that would have gone can I and tell you? I know how it would have gone. You would have not presented. <laughs> I know it already. I'm not, I know it already. And it's not because I'm from a different side of the multiverse. Still, Earth 616. <laughs> I didn't see the, I haven't seen the infinite possibilities. I know you in today. You're like, oh, I'm not touching that stage. Yeah, Who was just up there? Probably. Oh, no, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because. Everyone was blindsided. Yeah. It, yeah. Is that like Betsy knocked on the back door and was like, hey, I'm in town. You I guys just, got a couple of minutes for me to hop on stage? Just happened by. Right. This isn't like a comedy club. Oh, look who we got in the audience. Right. Come on up. No. This was planned. This was planned. And it yeah. was a planned surprise. Right. And I, I mean, just what a way. You said it damaged the brand. What a way to damage the brand. Yeah. I, it is you people really got to understand the difference between portland and oregon you know <laughs> nah, real talk, real <laughs> like talk, real we, we gotta we gotta uh all these people who are supposed to know better be like hey how about we do this dumb thing real quick Welcome and then when oregon. you when you uh find out when you do the when you f around and find out yeah then you're like well what happened what i hate about that uh very crafted lawyer speak response that TEDx gave was this like, well, she's not really a candidate, potential candidate. She is taking money. She announced a run. If you go to her bio, she says she's a candidate. Right. And, th- and she that day was like, Hey, thank you for coming out, everybody. God bless you. Good night. It was right. wonderful. I loved it. Even though some people have uh, different views, the vast majority loved that I was there. Is is you know, paraphrasing. Yeah, it's basically what she said. Yeah, everyone can benefit from different ideas. Uh huh. What I don't want from your marketplace of ideas <laughs> is a surprise uh-huh. candidacy ad. That refuses to actually address the things that the people that you want to vote for you want to talk about. That's so interesting. Like, you don't get to just come up there and be like, I have this prepared speech or I have these softball questions that you're allowed to ask me. Right. If you're going to do the pop up, you would better learn how to improvise. Right. And shout out to every single person who was in that crowd going, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> Tell us about the guns, Betsy. <laughs> Talk about the guns, Betsy. Talk about the guns, Betsy. 
Shout out to every single one of y'all. Ambush. Yes. It's almost time. It is. It's almost time for Alex to come through, hit us with the good stories. It is. We always want to hear about unionizing. I see you over there finding a tune to throw on. It's true. And I say, give us the goods. All right. Yes. Mad Lib is the man. But this is news to my fiance, EJ Ambush, Morgan Jones. Um, Listen, shout out to everyone that's been texting us. We got some really, really good ones. Definitely going to respond to those. If you haven't checked in with us yet, shoot us a text at 971 220 five nine seven and nine and here to talk about new seasons employees unionizing and the pushback they're receiving is news editor for the portland mercury alex zelinski good morning alex good morning it's so great to hear from you today (laughs) you as well glad to be back yes um yeah so new seasons um the beloved neighborhood what is it the friendliest store in town that's the name um (laughs) it uh its workers are attempting to unionize um specifically two different stores are um hoping to to start unions it's a lot easier when it comes to chains um even small ones like new seasons to do it store by store it's kind of why you see you know what's happening with starbucks stores you know, employees individually each store deciding to, to uh, unionize. And actually the latest kind of um, rise in, in growth in unionizing in um, big chains like Starbucks and like, like Amazon inspired workers at New Seasons to give this a New Seasons that one location on Southeast uh, 20th and Division called uh, at Seven Corners, <laughs> the, the shop is. Uh, it kind of gave workers inspiration to, to give this a shot and to say, okay, if people in Amazon and people at Starbucks are, can, can do this, why can't we, why can't workers at New Seasons unionize and, um, get enough support in the community to, to get it off the ground? This isn't, this might seem a little bit like deja vu because, uh, workers at this store in particular have tried to unionize before. And workers at other new seasons have tried, but they their efforts have been kind of quashed by um, the management's interest in, in not having a union and bringing in kind of union um, busting firms to like marketing firms to kind of uh, sow seeds of dissent within um, within workers and really derail um, their efforts to unionize, and so. You know, this is the farthest that um, New Seasons workers have ever gotten in their attempts to unionize. You know, they've signed uh, cards, they've they've filed a petition, uh, they've delivered that petition to their uh, management, and you know, announced their interest in, in unionizing. Um, so it's a big for people who've been uh, at this store for a long time. It's a really big deal to see it come this far. And also get a lot of support. I think right now, you know, as you look around the country, there's a huge um, a rise in, in support for labor movements and labor organizations uh, on the heels of, of COVID-19. I think everyone kind of realized that maybe their um, their bosses aren't 
uh, working with their best interests in mind always. <laughs> and so um, that's kind of where the concerns and, and the interest is coming from, from New Seasons workers too. You know, they want, they, they feel really overworked, understaffed. They want stronger, more competitive wages, better health care benefits, kind of the classic, you know, just better workplace environment um, needs in general. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, Feeling their, their interest in unionizing. Um, of course, you know, they filed on Friday and within 24 to 48 hours already kind of got, um, a, uh, a, a message from management that, hey, this isn't something we want you to do wow. in the form of a letter signed by the new season CEO, Nancy LeBold, um, that was sent out to everyone in in the company, all the workers, kind of urging folks to beware of misinformation and beware of, um, you know, lies about unionizing. And, you know, she has, she's the CEO of a Winco and of Kroger chains and says, from that experience, I know that, that, um, unionizing is not a good idea. And I will encourage you to, to not, I'll, I'll, I'll lend you my personal, um, my personal experience, uh, and, and tell you that this is not a great idea. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as we historically know, when your boss tells you not to unionize, it's probably a sign that you need to unionize. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Time. yeah. From, from workers. Um, so they've already filed kind of, uh, you know, sending that message out and also, um, this also kind of coincided with, um, management taking down, some pamphlets about what a union is and kind of what the um, what the process will look like that we'll just put in the break room. Uh, management took that down and put up a new sign saying you have to get everything approved by management before it goes up in the break <laughs> <Wow>. room. Um, <laughs> yeah, so stuff like that um, has prompted workers to file um, unfair labor practice claims with the National uh, Labor Relations Board, which is kind of what you file when uh, you've already announced that you're unionizing and um, and your employer is not really following the um, the national you know uh, rules of of what that looks like um, and that includes kind of no intimidation and no um, uh, you know kind of trying to stamp out the the union's efforts um, can't really do the and, union busting, right? You're just not supposed right. to do the union busting. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> right out in the open. Not recommended. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, New Season's argument is that hey, we have we have competitive wages, we have uh, good benefits. Like, look at any other grocery chain in the area. You're not going to find anything better, even if it's unionized or not. Um, but that that isn't really convincing, and that's kind of like what what they've said in the past and really hasn't convinced workers in the past either. So, um, so right now, uh, workers are at the stage where they have filed to unionize they, in a couple weeks. They're going to have their first hearing where, um, they kind of, uh, hammer out some details around how big the union will be, you know, who will include is it everyone, um, you know, managers down, is it going to include some mid-level management, whatever, um, and then from that point, they'll be able to schedule a, a vote to, um, to have everyone who's 
included in that union to, to vote on whether or not they would like to, to unionize. So we should expect to see, you know, judging by what we saw last weekend and kind of this already this push from management to dispel um, this union, we should we should probably be seeing a little bit more of that between mm. now and, and the vote. Um, but to be clear, you know, the workers are not calling for a boycott. They're not calling for um, picketing. They're, uh, at this point, you know, encourage folks who support the union efforts to still shop the store and just let them know that, you know, they're, they're in support. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they're not calling for a boycott and picketing yet, you would think, like organizations, uh, corporations that see this type of action, like, you know what, this is an opportunity to get ahead of it. And let's mm-hmm. actually sit down and try to work some things out. They're not trying to disrupt uh, business yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let, let's, let's, let's actually sit down and see if we can, uh, of course, they don't want it to exist. We'll see if we can at least delay the process. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like fake negotiation yeah. at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I mean, uh, in any um, unionizing process, it's on, you know, the employer can independently, um, uh, you know, accept the existence of the union and um, and allow a group to unionize. Um, in this case, New Seasons has not voluntarily decided to do that, which is why you have to have these hearings and you have to have a vote. Um, but it could be a lot easier, especially if they want to be seen as kind of progressive, right. you know, right. um, local, friendly <laughs> grocer. Um, it, it just seems out of line with their yeah. values that they... <laughs> That they, you know, put everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if you're um, the friendliest uh, neighborhood store or store in town, wh- whatever the tagline is, I I want you to be friendly to your your employees as well. I want you to not exploit right. their labor. That you cannot be friendly, right? While you know, doing the unfriendly, doing the unfriendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I figure that New Seasons would have, um, you know, would have the kind of corporate stability in place to to make that decision and to be able to, um, you know, move forward. In in 2019, I think a lot of people don't know that in 2019, New Seasons was bought by an international kind of investment firm based in South Korea. And they aren't, like, they aren't this independent local, you know, scrappy um, uh, organization or corporation. They're... (laughs) They have a lot of money. They have a lot of, wow. they have a lot of investors and they have a lot of people, which, you know, at the end of the day, it might be one of the reasons that they're not interested in a union because yeah. maybe folks who hire up in the, um, in the company don't want that. But, uh, but yeah, I think it, the, the fact that they're, you know, purporting to still be this kind of independent local, uh, friendly neighborhood market, um, kind of, you know, it's undermined by the fact that they're part of the global um, market and global economy, and yeah. they they might have some funds to rely on <laughs> to to support workers. Mm. And instead, we'll just use those funds to union bust. <laughs> <laughs> right. In broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah. In broad daylight. Yikes! Uh, that is a great reminder. Thank you for uh, because that's the kind of news them being bought out. 
is the kind of news that you hear and in the moment you're like super shocked by it. Mm-hmm. And then you keep mm-hmm. living your life and you forget. And so you you don't think about it and until it's time. And this is the time that like you got to remember yeah. this isn't the yeah. small local situation that uh, you ever thought it once was. And right. yeah, they have a, 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 I would assume they have a vested interest in not having unionized employees. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I you. think that's one of the main reasons too, that these workers want to unionize because they know that they're not, um, they're not just controlled by like a local mom and pop yeah. company. Right. Uh, they, they know that kind of the values that Nishi's and espoused in the very beginning might be, um, no longer up to, to local management, that it's up mm-hmm. to this, you know, corporate international company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for joining us once more. Yeah, of course. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you. That was Alex Zielinski, news editor of Portland Mercury. Tune in every Thursday at 8.45 a.m. to hear an update for the Mercury right here on News My Fiance on X-Ray. You're listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM streaming online everywhere at X-Ray.FM. This is News My Fiance. Today's show made possible thanks to Morgan Jones and DJ Ambush, uh, news writer Brian Miller, and our podcast editor, Kyle Weimer. And our guest, Alex Zielinski. A-A-A. We got a couple more texts. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, Betsy's gun gaff reminds me of Kristoff thinking because of lots of rich people like him, he could just waltz in and never be asked a hard question. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah. Also, Rudo. I baked bread for New Seasons Market for seven years. This was back in 05 to 12. I left right before it was bought by the ex-head of Starbucks. Very different leadership. Very believable. Yeah. Much like, you know, uh, Trader Joe's used to be a different situation. Yeah. I've got friends who uh, worked at Trader Joe's a long time ago and are uh, have left now because it is very different for them. So... Leadership means a lot. Yep. And, and, and good on them. Good on them. We're pulling it together in uh, preparation for what's going to be coming down the pike. Shout out to everybody trying to unionize. Yeah. Straight up. Solidarity always. <laughs> Shout out to Rudo. He said, new number, who this? When I gave up the yeah. text number. Yeah, Rudo. well, you you did give out the wrong number. I'm flustered. Rudo, cut me some slack, bro. There's so much happening in here, you guys. <laughs> Ambush really killed it today. Uh, that's my that's my text message to the line. <laughs> is ambush really killed it? Every time Man. we do this, I am so nervous for him, and uh, you killed it. Man, fantastic work. Well, I feel killed, so that's cool. Okay, <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, remember, poverty is a policy choice, and power to the people. Thanks for listening. Bye.